Welcome back to the Not Just a Bikini Girl podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Jeffrey, and today we have the Helen Pebbles oh. with us. <laughs> Just thought we'd catch up, loads of different things we want to talk about, and I hope everyone is keeping safe and well. So, Helen, who are you? Tell us a little bit about your competing history. And I asked Danny, so I'm going to ask you, what level of spice Nando's do you have? Just out of curiosity. Do you know what? I'm going to start with the spice just because I just fancy it. So I actually go for Perry Tamer, which oh. is barbecue. It's called Perry Tamer and it's barbecue. It's not a popular choice. Perry Tamer. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, see? I knew you'd think that, but it's barbecue. Because to be honest, I don't really like a lot of spice and I don't know, I'm not really a massive fan of like plain. But it's not on the Nando's like. I'm one of them people, Jasmine, that asks for things that aren't on the menu. You know, I know there's a menu here, but I want that instead. So if I go and ask, is it Perry Tamer? Yep. You'll get barbecue. I've learned something new today. I love it. Most important point out the way. (laughs) We've wrapped this up now, so (laughs) So you've, I didn't realise it. Your first show was a pure leech, if I remember. It was, yeah. Completely different, really, isn't it? Can't believe that. I know. It wasn't, to be honest, it was, I didn't know anything about shows. I didn't know the difference between the federations. There wasn't any information like Compact, for example, out there to advise on the differences. So for me, I prefer the more bodybuilding style, really, um, in comparison to, I suppose, the more like modelly type fitness. I felt like I built quite a bit of muscle, even though it was my first show, I felt like I still... I probably wasn't as lean as I should have been, but I also carried a bit of muscle. So I was neither here nor there with where I fit, I suppose. So that's kind of why I ended up switching to PCA once I learned a little bit more about it. So I wanted to kind of compete based on what I looked like and how I was progressing rather than trying to fit a role, if you know what I mean. So So how did you do it purely, just out of curiosity? I came fourth in my um, first show, yeah. I was, I, was, I was actually, for someone who actually always strives for first place, I was actually really happy with it because it was so far out of my comfort zone. I was so happy with that result. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. It was, a, it was a fun federation to compete with and I did enjoy it um, and everything. But I think I expected it to be more bodybuilding than it was and not as much like the dress up side and the, you know, the different rounds and things like that. Not that I did that kind of um, category, but I just expected it to be a bit more bodybuilder-ish. Than yeah. it was, I think. So what actually got you into competing in the first place, just out of curiosity? Um, so I just like a challenge. So I got into weight training itself and I just didn't know what a diet was. I just ate what I wanted still. So I'd eat like a bag of chocolate peanuts and then just go and train and like just worry about it later. I just I just enjoyed training and then it got to a point where my body composition just hit a plateau and I kind of started wanting to look a certain way. And I thought the only way I'll do it is to give myself a challenge, I suppose. So I just thought I'd just randomly sign up to one. There was no real crazy reason behind it. It was just wanting to push myself out of my comfort zone and see if I could actually do it. Was you with Elliot before the Purely show? So I met Elliot. I actually booked in for a PT session at my gym and ended up with Elliot. Um, and then we became really good friends and trained together all the time. So he competed in Miami Pro earlier that year. And I had no real interest in competing, to be honest. And he said, oh, you should compete. And I was just like, nah, not bothered. And then obviously I must have just kind of got the bug for it. Um, but we actually were friends for two and a half years before we got together. 
so it was kind of like we'd spend a lot of time together and obviously train together and compete and travel to shows and stuff but it was obviously over a longer period of time where it progressed into more so yeah it's nice to be with someone that has the same you know kind of passions and goals and stuff don't think I could ever have been with anyone normal <laughs> if you know what I mean <laughs> so you switched from purely to PCA what sort of time frame was it between the two switch to the federations so I did that in the October 2016 and then I switched to I actually did UKUP and PCA um, a week after a week after UKUP in the May so I did UKUP at Body Power and then did the following show um, the Northeast PCA week later so and then I knew from then which I kind of preferred I suppose um, I just felt like I fit that category more so at the time I know the trends change year on year and what they're looking for and things but at the time I just felt like that was my little comfort zone of where my shape fit mm. so. so looking at from where you first started to now you've just mentioned about like different trends and all that sort of stuff what have you noticed throughout those years that you have com been competing yourself um I think at that time they were more so looking for overall like shapes and you know symmetry and overall package in general and I think they still do obviously look for all of those things but I think they focus a lot more on how lean you are so I think lean being lean is a priority of other things so I think if you brought everything else but you weren't lean enough the leaner person would win even if they maybe didn't have the other things um but I, like I say I think that changes year on year and I think it is just a case of once one federation follows that suit other federations start to do so as well um but yeah everything as you know pausing changes year on year what they prefer and obviously you always want to keep on up to date with the preferences of judges um so yeah i just think that even myself i think i need to be leaner to be competitive um in pretty much every federation now so i need to bring that leaner package bring everything else but just just diet for a bit longer you know i love a last minute diet don't i so <laughs> I do agree though I feel like when I first started it wasn't all about being lean then suddenly I think it was when Courtney King won the Olympia and she was very very lean it kind yeah. of sent a trend off then people kind of slowly kind of reined it in I think it was a year yeah after a year of everyone coming in like super super lean I think they slightly brought it back but not back to where it was before Courtney yeah. King won if that makes sense so yeah, I, I personally have seen it was definitely all about being lean but then it's like okay there, there is a slight it's being conditioned and still full yeah. and not lean and depleted if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. i think it's a tough one as well because as you get to more the bodybuilding federations like pca for example i think sometimes they go for absolute condition over everything like you'll find that girls with not much muscle at all but are lean would then do very well still um but it's it's just quite confusing i think across the board if you're switching if you want to compete in more than one federation it's kind of knowing what differences you need to bring whether you need to be more conditioned and you need to diet for longer for that show or whether you need to bring a fuller package for say like nfm for example they don't necessarily go for the most conditioned person they go for absolutely like everything and i think stage presence is obviously a massive one for their federation specifically as well i think because they're obviously the next step is america and america is about the full package like literally stage presence i think is one of the main things for those guys as well um but again they're still heading towards condition as well so 
Well, I need to diet for a longer time. That's basically what I'm saying to you. <laughs> how long do you usually I've got diet for? time now. <laughs> yeah, how long do you usually diet for? Um, it's a tough one, really. Um, I, I kind of tend to start at about 12 weeks out, but I'm usually quite a lot above stage weight, and I usually don't absolutely dial in the strictness till about eight weeks, personally. Um, diet is just, I'm very last minute with everything that I do in life, and I think that I, I find it hard to, to make myself diet when I kind of feel like I still have plenty of time. But I feel like I have plenty of time every morning when I'm leaving for work or anything, and it's like a mad rush at the end, so you know. It's basically the same with prep for me. It's not something I recommend or I put across to other people, but it is just something that I happen to do. <laughs> no, I, I think it is refreshing to hear you say that though, because I'm very much, I've always been a bit like resi resistant to kind of saying the way that I do preps usually, but I'm very much the same. I will obviously do my diet, but I won't start being super strict until the 12, eight week sort of mark as well. Cause that's personally how I like to ease myself in. Um, I find I'm less stressed and obviously if you're less stressed, your body looks better and things start to kind of work a bit better as well. Um, and sometimes when you, people are stressing about, you know, not putting milk in their coffee and all that sort of thing that actually for me, I feel more stressed during like thinking about that 16 weeks out okay. and like, oh I'm failing it's like no it's like the tiniest amount of calories chill your beans just cut it out 12 or 8 weeks you're fine and that's yeah. I've, I've done that every single time and it's not done me um, any bad to be honest yeah. so. I, I, I actually stress people out with how chilled out I am you know like because I am just like I'm chilled out and I just about it all like I, when people panic about like you say I used to be when I was part of a um a bigger coaching team a few years ago we'd have like a big group um that we'd use on facebook and like girls would be stressing like literally haven't even got a competition in place yet in the beta protein bar and i'm just like what are you on about like it's just unnecessary to be so so stressed about things that don't actually matter and i think people get a little too obsessed with things like that you've got to live your life as well and obviously when it, when you have to dial it in you dial it in as long as you you get that done I think it's specifically harder for obviously if it's your first show, um, then you don't know what it takes to dial you in and you don't know what you're supposed to look like or what you're supposed to wear for yeah. you personally that maybe you would get a bit more obsessed. But I suppose for us that have done a few shows, we've got a bit more of an idea, I guess. Yeah. Talking about um, stage rates and stuff, have your, every single show you've done, have your stage rates flipped quite a lot have they been quite consistent have you found that sometimes you've weighed the same but then you've looked different um over the years like what have you personally found for yourself so my first uh, competition in 2016 i weighed about 56 kilos um but i wasn't as lean as i wanted to be um obviously it was my first show i didn't know what it what it took then in the may i was about 52 kilos and then now my stage weight is about 56, 57. Um, but again, like for me, weight is something that I, I only weigh myself once a week. Um, I don't obsess over it. If I look better, I don't care. So if I happen to do a show at the end of the year, which that is my plan, obviously all being well, um, if I was to weigh 58 kilos and look better or 60 kilos and look better, I actually don't care. But I know that weight is a big thing for a lot of people and it is something where you're, 
it is another kind of area to obsess over, I suppose, which is why I don't weigh myself daily. Like I'm sometimes asked to, to get an average of a week, for example. I understand why, because obviously you could be having a bad day on your checking day and you could be a kilo heavier than last week, but average out in the week, it could be less. So I get the importance of that. But for me, I'm just like, oh, whatever I weigh, I weigh. And that is that. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So talking from PCA to next fitness model, what have been the differences that you've noticed going from PCA to next fitness model? Um, going from the look that you bought, potentially the experience that you had, and obviously your plans going forward, it's very, very exciting because last year, your NFM reminded me of my Mammy Pro when I kind of just last minute just go, nah, I'm just going to go for it and just see what happens. And it actually turns out quite well. So talk to us about that. Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one because obviously the Saturday, um, me and my boyfriend Elliot, obviously he, um, we competed in PCA Northeast, and then we'd like decided on it. I think it was like the Wednesday or Thursday that NFM was the day after, but it was in Wales. So to go from like Newcastle to Wales is obviously a bit of a trek. So we were like, is it worth it? We don't know much about it. Um, yeah. So we ended up obviously driving down on the night. Um, and to be honest, the Northeast show was great. Um, it was ran smoothly. It finished at a reasonable time. Everything ran like clockwork. It was just couldn't fault it. NFM was very different, um, but again, like it was refreshingly different. So it was more friendly. You felt more involved. You felt like an actual person rather than a number, which sometimes you can feel like when you do some PCA shows, not all. Um, like I did another PCA show later in the year, and it was very different in terms of it was like rushed you were kind of rushed through and you were just piled on stage and the, nothing was really that like efficient I suppose because it was I think too busy a show whereas um an FM just seemed to be ran just a lot better like you knew where you were at or what you were doing and it was just a bit more welcoming I would say um so that's what I liked about it more it makes you want to stay loyal to a federation not that you have to and not that they ask for that but it makes you kind of want to hold out and you know, give your time and money and, and kind of, I suppose, promotion. Cause at the end of the day, I, I promote it because I like it and I compete in it and it's a great thing to be a part of. Obviously the opportunity as well. So with PCA, yeah, you can get a pro card at the end, but then that's kind of your stop, your stopping point. Cause there's nothing else you can do. But with NFM, obviously the American opportunities and the, obviously it's going to be some European opportunities when we're allowed to resume, I suppose, but that was going to be the first year this year. Um, and that was happening around, not confirmed, but around June, July time that we're going to do Italy and Holland. So that was another thing that I was going to try and maybe jump in on. But, you know, um, so, yeah, it's just it's just the opportunity is just crazy. Having your flights and accommodation paid for to go to America to compete when every other federation you have to pay an absolute fortune to do something like that. So, yeah, it's just crazy. So when the look that you bought in between... Because you did, you qualified for the America opportunity in May mm -hmm. and then you did November, whereas I know that Elliot just missed out in May, came back in October and smashed it and then you both went in. So yeah. talking from going from the next fitness model UK to the UK scene, then going into the GBO scene, what differences did you see um, and what differences did you make potentially going into that um, second show and if you didn't really have any idea what sort of things could you tell people now knowing obviously you've been over there and you've experienced it yourself so the main things really is the pausing is slightly different so obviously NFM pausing is kind of 
it's it's pretty much a free for all but at the end of the day they do want you to lat spread um and they do want your hair off your back so they can actually see your muscly back and everything whereas with gbo they want hair off the back but no lat spread they don't like the whole uk kind of style of that that side of it so that was something different for me um you don't do um you well you don't really do side poses as much like it's more so you do you do do them but just not as much um, they just they have like a different style of the way you walk on stage so they have a different formation so there's little things that to be fair when we went there we did have an athletes meeting the day before so we did learn you know we, we spoke to them all and we learned the pauses but it was literally the night before so ideally in like obviously going forward it would be something that I think could be relooked at in terms of making sure everyone's up to date with the kind of rules um but it was just I brought a leaner package, but it wasn't kind of, it was, I suppose it was intentional, but um, I was happy with the package I brought at both UK and um, the American stage. But yeah, I think I was just a bit more sassy, just a little bit more sassy on stage in America. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> just to confirm then, that back pose you've mentioned about, so just yeah. for people to visualise, it's basically like an IFBB back pose. Yeah. The only thing that she has. Yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's a bit weird because your back doesn't look that good like that. Yeah, mine would be all like crinkled and shit, probably. Yeah, you get like the loose skin as well, and it's just like no, nah, no. Nah. But yeah. yeah, so I have to make that work. But yeah, it it was all right actually. It was all right. I think I thought it was look okay, better than expected. We came fourth, right, and got the um that award for best overall presentation, okay. which was like wicked. Yeah. I know that was a funny one because I didn't even I forgot that award existed and so we thought we were finished like we, we obviously me and Elliot were off stage we were taking photos like miles down the other end of the building um near the backdrop and stuff getting nice photos and all of a sudden I heard my name dead loud and I was like what the hell is that about I, I forgot about it though so I thought I've done something wrong <laughs> obviously assume I've done something wrong heard my name um so I literally had to like with my with my heels on absolutely peg it towards like the stage and just get on but I didn't really I still didn't know what I was getting on stage for really I just got on because like, my name was read out so yeah just rolled with it look, look probably look like a rabbit in the headlights but you know but, yeah I was over the moon with that to be honest because what did they judge that on in particular it was posing and overall look if I'm correct. Yeah, it was pausing overall look and just just generally how I, I present myself, stage presence and stuff. So the fact that I got that honestly was because to be honest, I was a little disappointed with photos because that's just the type of person I am. Obviously, if I hadn't have placed, I'd be absolutely gutted. But so I, I was a little bit happy. Um, but that was that made me like be really happy to be honest with my overall kind of experience and stuff because one like they they generally go with who they like on the day. Like you can't get yourself. I wasn't like upset or anything, just a little bit gutted. Um, but yeah, it is literally just what they prefer on the day. So you can't ever like be beaten down by that. I just know that I have little improvements to make here and there. And at least I know that like my posing practice has been worth it and, and everything. So and you stood out at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talking about that then, when you got the open presentation and considering your experience and obviously your business is in the beauty sort of realm. What yeah. sort of things have you learned over the years and what sort of things would you advise people when it comes to like general over-presentation, the beauty side, so things from brows, waxing, all 
all the elements basically bringing it all together what sort of things off the top of your head would you kind of advise people um it's kind of just going off of what suits you so not looking at what someone looked nice in the other day like looking at what actually suits you so taking the time out to obviously you work so hard in the gym you work so hard doing everything else but just taking that extra bit of time to be like get someone's opinion like obviously there's for example yourself or me or any of the compact team to advise what might look nice in terms of colors of bikinis or how you wear your hair or what jewelry would suit you like all those little things make such a difference and i've only learned what suits me by trying a few different things like remember when we were backstage at nfm and we were trying earrings in on either ear going to people which which one looks best like it is literally doing that though isn't it it's taking that time to just annoy people and ask their opinion and it makes and, a difference and, though and it's so right. hard like you can visualize and i'm usually quite good at kind of picking but at the end of the day unless you as you say i remember you had the zaras and the kaylas literally side by side and we were just deciding off that and i think we went with the kaylas purely because of the waves in your hair that was like the main kind of thing yeah I've, it's weird because in in general life i'm so like i have no earrings in right now like i have nothing but then on stage, I'm like the biggest ones, please, because it suits. Because my hair's big, though, isn't it? And it's it, it. I need something to be able to stand out. I suppose otherwise, it would just probably be intertwined with my hair. Yeah. But um, yeah. The the other than like obviously your overall appearance, it is obviously the how you present yourself. So it is posing practice, and it's it's picking the right posing coach as well, though, because I've had a few over the years, obviously, um, from different federations and whatever else. But it's finding someone that can bring out your own personal style, like. There's no point in going to a, someone and just them teaching you like four poses that they do because that's what they know. It's finding what suits your body shape and practicing yourself a lot at home. Like I have quite a few posing clients and I will just, I'll show them a, a variety of things. Um, I'll obviously teach the basics first and I'll show them a variety of poses and almost tell them to like practice in the mirror at home and look, look, look at yourself and find out what you, you actually like because and obviously picking out people's strong points and, and seeing what works well for them, I suppose. And hiding our weaknesses, not that we have any, obviously, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> of course, definitely. So when it comes to, I guess, excuse me, like hair removal and all that sort of thing, what do you personally do? So I'm dark haired, obviously. So it's a bloody nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I wax, um, wax everything about, three four days before um obviously that's just to give time for my skin to settle for the tan to sit nicely um i just make sure everything's done like a good few days before in general like from getting my hair colored getting my nails done just so if anything needs changing you're not like getting it done the morning of your show and you know you need to sort everything out so but it's just the basics like that make such a difference like you don't want a, a blotchy tan you need to have that skin prep in place you need to like like I say, like every you can literally get everything from your website. In fairness, <laughs> I do try. Out. I have tried. I always think there must be something I'm missing. We'll find out. But I always get messages like every three months, like have you thought of this? I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, add it, add it, add it. <laughs> yeah. Only one thing you're missing is like maybe like a bag, like a bag to carry things in. I suppose of some kind. Write that shit down. But everyone brings like a big suitcase, but like it's it's all your other essentials, I suppose. Like a, a bag you can, I don't know, I don't know, some kind of bag. Leave that with me, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Have you ever done like a back-to-back -back 
Well, yeah, you did. You did the back-to-back technically from the PCA up to the NFM, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. So what did you do when it came to like little things such as your tan and your hair and all those sort of stuff? Um, well, I just obviously checked with the provider of the tan for the second day because that was obviously what I was most worried about. Obviously, knew I'd be absolutely fine the day before. Um, and the tan provider was Get Bronzed. And obviously, I know Laura and the team very well at Get Bronzed, including yourself. Um, but so I just contacted and just said, would I be okay? What do I do? Like, I'm lost. Even though I've done like, up until that point, I've probably done about seven or eight shows. I'd never done the day after. I'd always done like a week later at best. And literally all I did was have a shower and then literally went to get bronze and they just sorted me out. It was such, like, I, I felt great to be fair. And the tan went really, really nicely. Um, hair wise, I got a pin curl blow dry the day before the first show. And I'm lucky that my hair lasts, my hair is quite thick. So it just was a bit less curly the second day. But all I would say with that is I ended up having like, my hair was too curly the first day cause I didn't dare like brush it out like I normally would if you know what I mean so all my pictures my hair's like all over like literally all over my face because it was so bouncy and like yeah and then makeup I just to honestly I'm okay at makeup I am all right at it um but I just booked in both days because I just feel like the stress isn't worth it like it's not worth it (laughs) and they know what they're doing I'm really confident doing it is I do think makeup just don't I yeah I would I say everyone I say get your tan and get your makeup like it's just not like for the it's not that much extra money in the scheme of things and you know you've got a professional that can touch anything up at any point that you're gonna feel better you always feel better when someone else has done your makeup 100% so I always do it like the only one time I did it myself was America and I had a makeup lesson before I went um and that was only because it was like $110 <laughs> yeah and I didn't think that was worth it <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot so Last point, going back to back, how did your physique look from each show and what did you do overall? Obviously, I wouldn't advise you to like copycat it, but like, did you, obviously you probably tried, you carved up for Saturday and then what happened when you went into Sunday and how did your physique change or differ? Um, to be honest, I, so I didn't do anything too crazy for the first show obviously we did a carb but it was nothing like like crazy crazy high um I didn't do a water cut so I had to keep my water up throughout the day um obviously I kept it pretty low but then as soon as I was off stage I had to get it back in to an extent um and then kind of taper it off again but actually after my first show I had a big donut backstage um like messaged my coach Laura and was like I mean, what, what can I eat kind of thing? Because I won, I think like, she was just like, yeah, have what you want. And so I went out and had a burger. So I had a donut and a burger and fries and maybe like a little something of a treat, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember, I had something. Um, but then when I woke up in the morning, I went quite like basic with food. Like I woke up in the morning, had beef mince, you know, like I went back to like keeping myself chill because the show wasn't on till later. So I kind of had a bit of, room for maneuver um to see what my body was doing um but I looked better the second day to be honest after the burger I woke up and looked better but obviously it's a risky game to play I wouldn't normally have something like that if I'm in preparation for a show I know a lot of people do but unless you have a burger say every few weeks on prep you don't know how your body's going to respond so I personally just rather keep it clean and keep it structured usually but 
yeah, I felt like I looked better, but again, it is a risky game. <laughs> it is. It's hard, isn't it? Because it's that one time that you'll try it on the actual show day, then it won't work. But the other days, it'll, it'll, it'll work fine. Yeah, we were just trying to keep it as safe as possible the day before. But because I ended up, obviously, all day barely eating anything, it wasn't really a bad thing for me to have. And knowing that I had the rest of the day the next day. But but yeah, it worked well and I looked good. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a risk. I trust Lara, though, so it's fine. I do think Laura's good at peaking people, from what I've seen. She knows how to peak someone. Yeah. She's good. Laura from Girl Games, if everyone's like, who's Laura, Laura who? Like, <laughs> when there's multiple Lauras, there's Laura from Get Bronze as well, isn't there? That's true. Nice. Let's briefly touch on, I did this with Danny, and I just think it's very, very interesting to hear from your perspective when it comes to shoes. So if you can remember when you first started, what, shoes did you have and what shoes did you go for because I know that you've switched twice since you've been with me now um yeah, yeah talk us through that yeah so I have, so before I came to you my first ever ever show so it'll have been like before before compact pre-compact what what a time <laughs> it, was a, it was a rubbish time um but basically I just I think I literally just went in the first place that saw bikinis and just bought shoes off them because I had no idea what was going on. You know, like I literally tried on two bikinis. The first one I tried on, I bought because I was just like, well, it's sparkly, it'll do. I, I didn't even like any. I, I didn't, I don't know. But yeah, looking back, it actually was, wasn't a nice bikini anyway, in fairness. But so I got that and I got shoes that were strapless with a platform and I kind of just got stuck in my ways with them. And I remember when I first messaged you, I was like, I need the same, exact same as these ones. Um, and to be fair, we did get one, like we did get some exactly the same pretty much. But then I think like over time, as much as I felt comfortable with strapless, I just, I don't know, I, I ended up getting the detachable straps, didn't I? Got detachable straps first, and then I've just ordered with straps and with jewels on. Who am I? I actually remember you always saying that you liked the plane and you weren't a massive fan of the drum one day. And I was like, that's cool. Like, sometimes yeah. it works for people, sometimes it doesn't. But obviously you switched now. So now you've switched. What do you honestly think about it? Um, to be honest, like, I thought I would, I think I just thought I like the risk of the no strap, but now I just don't think it's worth it. <laughs> it's so much better for anyone um, to have straps in general. Like whether you have shoes and get a detachable strap and you like to, kind of switch it up because that was perfect for me I got the detachable straps for America um, and they were perfect but since getting the ones with the jewels on I just I don't know I never thought I'd be that kind of girl I've always been like no just plain just plain I'll do but now I, I'm like like I say don't I I always go for the most over the top jewellery and the now now the sparkly shoes love them. Uh, I do think your hair is so thick you can get away with like diamond hunting like yeah, no. And I'll see you can see obviously Danny offline about this. I won't say what colour she's going for, but I said to her, you, you know, with Danny, whenever I try and get, I said, look, what, what do you want? She's like, oh, I don't. I'm like, what do you want? Because oh, I don't know. I'm like, what do you want? And she goes, I want the plain cocktail fiber weights. It's like, yeah, but do you really want the cocktail, the plain one? She goes, <laughs> no, I actually do. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. But the reason why she wants the plain ones, whereas the bikini colour that she's going for is quite bold. So she kind of wanted to balance it out. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see what selections you make this year, hopefully if all the shows go forward, because you've got those Darmontes. That'll be very interesting to see what you go for. 
Yeah, to be honest, I'm like, I'm one of them, well, again, I know I've already said I'm last minute, but I always have like about three colours in mind or three kind of styles and then it'll be a last minute, oh, you can make me this now. <laughs> and then I get it last minute because I order it last minute. It's just, just all the risky game, isn't it? <laughs> God. Good fun though. It's good fun. So you oh, yeah. one thing that we um I said to you before about potentially talking about might be interesting for some people is like sponsorships and collaborations. So I know that you've worked with a couple of brands in the past. Um what sort of advice would you give to people? Because I think it's all like the glamorous side of it when you first start, but then I think it's I guess the advice that you have for someone who wants to do a long term successful sponsorship slash collaboration with a sort of brand like how would you advise someone to go about it if they want to kind of approach that with a potential company firstly i think it like it has to be a company that you believe in for whatever reason and they have to provide services or products that you actually will use on a daily basis or that you would have to buy if you didn't kind of go with them i suppose like I've had a lot of brands approach me over time um, and it's just kind of like, I've never heard of them, don't really know anything about them. And they're like, oh, do you want to do this, this and this? I'm like, I don't know. Like it, you need to try something to know if you want to work for it. Nothing worse, because obviously you have obligations if you work with a brand, of course you do. But you want to work with a brand where it doesn't feel like an obligation. So like I work, obviously I work with yourself with, with Compaq and I don't, you don't need to ask me to post anything. I obviously say, give me a kick, a kick if you need to. Never <laughs> um, no, but like I, I, because I love, you know, the products and not only that though, it's, it's the working relationship we have. Like it doesn't feel like you, it feels like you're my friend and I, and you provide like items that I love. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a no brainer. Like I, I, it has to be something that you believe in. And they, I feel like it makes a difference that you obviously know that, at the end of the day you're there to advertise for them as well like you, you're not there to get free stuff and just wear it and that's that like you, you are there to essentially promote it you are part of the marketing of that company so it's it's knowing that but I have worked for brands in the past where it's been a product where I've been like it's all right and so when I then post about it it's an effort it's an effort for having to remind me because I don't care enough I suppose whereas which is why now I'm so choosy with a brand to work with. I have to, I don't want it to feel like a chore. It's, I don't want to be an advertise, a full on advertisement on my Instagram and stuff. So it's, it is a working relationship with some, someone and something that I believe in. So I think that's an important thing. You can't just message lo like I've done it before in the past. You can't just message loads of brands that you don't really know anything about and be like, Oh yeah, do you want to work together? Which really just means do you want to give me some free stuff. Cause I just, I want to, I want to say that I'm, when you, when you first start though, it's like the big thing is like, I want to get sponsored. Yeah. But at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, a sponsorship now, people contacting you like, oh, do you want to work with us and we'll sponsor you? You get 25% off our, our products and then your followers get 10% off and stuff like that. There's plenty of companies like that around and it's just, it's just a, a big game, isn't it really? So I think as long as you're supporting that brand, you actually believe in the brand then I think over time it, it will hopefully happen as long as you're consistent with social media and um yeah building up your own your own kind of social presence there's no reason why it won't happen eventually so I like that and um talking about the whole I want it I don't want it to feel a short especially when you're so busy 
Like, yeah. being completely honest, no sponsorship unless you're a Courtney King or Chris Bumstead is going to be able to pay a full-time wage or anything like that because you're working with such small brands, especially in the industry. So it is a case of, is that sponsorship going to actually realistically fit into your schedule? So yeah. it doesn't feel like a chore. Because if it does, then it's just, you're not going to enjoy it, I don't think. It's not worth it though, like sometimes now like for example if it's a supplement company if you're not using those supplements daily it is a charter post do you know what i mean if you're thinking oh i'll only use them when i'm about six weeks out from prep but it's a yearly sponsorship like there's no point in it like it's i don't know it's just it's just not worth it for me personally but yeah if it feels like a chart you shouldn't be doing it basically have you found that different brands kind of work with athletes in a very similar way um or do you find that it differs quite a lot like i've never heard that well, you can get 25% off our products and your followers get 10%. I think that's no. nuts. Like, <laughs> I say no to that. But, but the thing is, I know people who are just starting out in the industry that are like, oh my God, like they want me to work with them because they don't know anything different. So that's, that's kind of who they target, I suppose. Whereas like I've, with any offer in general, I've learned to kind of think more of myself and more of my time, I suppose. Um, but yeah, most brands in terms of the brands I've worked with work very similarly in terms of I've already just outwardly put stuff out there. So they've never had to really chase me up. If I'm part of a group that obviously there's other athletes in there, they might have put a generic message in in terms of guys, would you all promote this and stuff, which is absolutely fine. Like I'm not sat on my phone all day. So if, if one of the brands I work with has something going on that they want advertising, give me like, tell me, otherwise I might, I might miss it. But other than that, it's, it, no one's really pushy I think if someone was too pushy with me it would mean that I'm obviously not using the brand enough to promote anywhere so yeah. I don't know I just think yeah yeah you just can't there's no point in working for something that's a chore so true it's very very true right I'm ticking I'm just going I like to do this so I have like my list and then I tick when we've covered it because I try and be like a little misorganized that's as organized I get though I've even done a podcast before I didn't even know what zoom was but here I am Zoom is so good. I just find it so it's a lot more stable, like internet-wise in comparison to Skype. So if anyone wants to start a podcast, don't bother with Skype. It will just ruin your life mentally. Zoom is so much better. It's so much easier as well. But anyway, we digress. But yeah, chatting about like the sponsorship side as well. Because we initially, I think we spoke on Instagram. Um, and then I think it was the case of I had a shoot a team shoot didn't I and that because we hadn't actually met in person I was I always like to kind of get vibes and whatever so we met um for the first time at the photo shoot in July no and we didn't we didn't um we, no so we spoke on obviously on Instagram and stuff but it was initially when I was asking about the shoes then we just got chatting then we met at NFM first oh, I thought that was the other way around no NFM was May the shoot was like was it July maybe Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met, uh, okay, so timeline, we were fresh. Yes. May, met you in NFM at May. Um, yeah. And then it was the shoot, and then it was the next fitness model event, wasn't it? The week after, or the month yeah, after. It was, yeah. But we spoke on the phone in between NFM May and the photo shoot. So we spoke before, we had a good chat, and we generally chatted more so on Instagram first. We had a, a long phone call, because they're never short with us, let's be honest. Um. And then I think it was just like, obviously I didn't really think into it at the time, but you were obviously just seeing what kind of person I was, I think, and just seeing if we actually got on well and stuff like that. So, um, and then it was the shoot. Yeah. To be honest, I was, because 
for me, I think as the group started off, and it still is, of just being my mates. Yeah. I was always a bit like, oh, if someone, whoever bring, comes on now, I really want to make sure I proper get on with them and everyone else gets on with them. Um, like, I'll be honest, before I take anyone on, I'll put it in the group chat, be like, who knows this girl? Because if I don't know the person very well, I will go off them. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really where I go about it now. But yeah, it worked out amazing. And obviously, like, it's so good that because we, we're both like self-employed and all that sort of stuff, like we kind of get when things go a little bit manic and then we're messaging at like 10 at night. Like, it's just, that's the way it goes, but it's all good. Yeah. It's all no, good. It's How are things with yourself now? Talking about obviously, we won't do a massive amount, but like with the coronavirus and stuff, um, what, are you working from home a lot more now? Like what's the kind of situation with you at the moment? So uh, my main source of income and my main source of work is my own business doing beauty and sports massage. So obviously that's naturally over the past couple of weeks has been getting quieter, obviously, because it's a hands-on job. A lot of people are isolating, a lot of people losing jobs. So obviously if people are affected monetary wise, then so am I. It's just kind of the natural scheme of things. But it's mainly um, obviously myself and Elliot run the coaching couple. So we're just trying to really get on board with our clients to sort out home workouts, try and be a bit different with what we're offering. And just everyone's obviously panicking because the gyms have closed. So all our current clients have been all given new plans, kind of new adjustments. And then we're trying to get a bit more out there to the public itself as well. So um, we just want to create a bit more online content while we actually have time. Because a lot of the time we're like, oh, we want to do this and we have this idea. But like when like literally when we see each other we've like got our heads in our phones or laptops so we don't even have time to spend like together as a couple let alone to do extra content so it's hard keeping up with influencers that literally like you say they've, they've probably got a sponsorship that pays kind of their wage and then they have time to do that extra stuff that we would love to do but that's kind of the vibe just keeping busy um and seeing what's going on like we're not the type to kind of sit and do nothing so just being positive and seeing how it goes and hope that we're not, the gyms aren't closed for longer than necessary. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. I saw something interesting um, a couple of hours ago and it was talking about, I think in Australia, they've still got the gyms open because it is actually good for your health and your immune system. Because at the end of the day, if the supermarkets are still, closed, are still open and you're in close proximity, usually when you're at the gym, you're not actually that, you're rarely close to each other i think you're going to be in closer proximity being in a supermarket than you are at a gym for and you touch so many things in a supermarket as well just like a gym like everyone touches everything god if i look at my mum in a supermarket picking up the amount, the amount of things that she picks up before she actually makes a purchase is a joke so yeah very true it's very very true but yeah i think it's very very good that you've got the home workout stuff very very envious i won't lie because i looked around my house and i was like and got nothing, all my resistance bands have gone. So thank you to, I had four units, didn't have that many. I'm obviously very gutted I can get more units now, but whoever did make a purchase, thank you very, very much. It does mean a lot right now. Um, but yeah, I was kind of like, damn, I've literally got nothing in this house, apart from a dog that I can just try and lift. The inventive, Jasmine, it's what it's all about. It's <laughs> like lifting up a sofa. I was like, that's a very good idea. I know. There's been all sorts out there, hasn't there? All sorts of inventive ways, God knows. People are getting very, oh, speak of the dog. Ah. Just at the end, you'll now come to say hello. Hello. I don't know about your dog, but Hunter's so happy that everyone's home all the time now. Yeah, friends. <laughs> oh, I 
So, you know how this works. Oh, Joe as well. Oh, Joe's come in as well. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Hi, Joe. He's <laughs> <laughs> so, on, on the podcast. You've now featured on the podcast. I'm going to have to write him in on this little tagline now. Um, so, what makes you not just a bikini girl, apart from everything else that we've mentioned? Oh, what a question. I forgot you'd asked me this. Yeah. Apart from everything else I've mentioned. Yeah. What makes you not a bikini girl, Jasmine? Uh, <laughs> I love that. Just divert the question to give me more time. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, distracting. I think because I'm like into my art, I always think that makes me not just a bikini girl. Like I'm really creative. I love all my Banksy and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I think my creativity in the artwork sort of world makes me not just a bikini girl. Now it's back to you now. How you thought about it? I've not got a talent, you know. I've got a talent like you. I'm not, um, I'm not, what about an interest though? Like something maybe that people don't know that you're really interested in? Elliot, what makes me not just a bikini girl? Come on, Elliot. <laughs> I don't know. I've only been a bikini girl for about three years. Mm. <laughs> Do I think of anything else that you've mentioned to me? I've always done a lot of things. I'm too, I don't know. I've ruined the podcast. <laughs> I don't think too bad. I do think your beauty stuff and how business orientated you are on that, I think that is definitely very good. To be honest, I'm just kind of like, I'm like an agony aunt, you know. <laughs> I actually am though. I have, I yeah, suppose. You're very good at that. I suppose I have like quite a lot of people around me that I do support and it, it kind of comes through in my work though as well. So Obviously, people will come in for a sports massage, but it's like a therapy session. So it's getting your eyebrows done and everything else. So it's kind of a big part of it that I actually, it's what keeps me interested in it, to be honest. Yeah, I would have said then the amount of time that you put into everyone else. Yeah. Did you hear what he said? The amount of time that you put into everyone else. Apart from myself, yeah. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Cool. We will finish it up there. So thank you to everyone that has got this far. Make sure you do leave a review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, I will put all the Helen's details in the episode. Just I always forget where they are. Wherever your episode notes are, I'll put it there <laughs> and I hope it should pop up. <laughs> but thank you so much, babe, for coming on. And I hope it has been a fun episode. Not a problem. Always a pleasure. And I have learned about the, uh, was it, per oh, what's it called with Nando's? Perry? Perry Tamer. Perry Tamer. If you remember anything, ladies, Perry Tamer. <laughs> See you guys in the next one.